Thank you for listening today to the Kingdom Business Coaching KBC Keys Podcast. And now your hosts, the co-founders of Kingdom Business Coaching, Patrice Seguet, Scott Landis, and Deborah Slot. Welcome to the KBC Keys Podcast. I'm your host, Patrice Seguet, with Scott Landis and Deborah Schlott. We are continuing this discussion around the values key of the KBC keys or the three keys of kingdom business success. We've dealt with the relationship key and now we're dealing with the values key. So far, we've dealt with understanding values, why they're important, how values shape corporate culture, how to develop values that transform corporate culture. And now we're going to talk about how values impact corporate policy. Now, guys, on the last show, we kind of weird out our guests, our listeners, right? We dealt with things like the Holy Ghost. We dealt with things like faith. We dealt with things, right, that really for some of our listeners, maybe new to them, bringing these into the, the boardroom felt a little bit strange, weird. You know, what does that look like and so forth? So take our class. Higher KBC, we can walk you through it. So now we're going to move into this place that most people are very familiar with, the place of corporate policy. So let me kind of give a definition when we say corporate policy. These are rules of engagement. Within every company, um, there are rules of engagement. There are guidelines that defines what we can and cannot do. Every we teach in biblical entrepreneurship that every business has four distinct areas or four distinct departments. Uh, some may have more, but in even in those cases, they fall within those four categories: administration, finance, um, operation, and marketing. So a company would then have corporate policies that will address all four of those areas, right? Uh, that would address, you know, finance, you know, how do we disperse money? You know, how do we handle accounts payable, accounts receivable? You know, how do we handle uh, traveling expenses? You know, how do we handle, um, you know, advances, all those kind of things. And um, administration, it would be HR, you know, policy around hiring, firing, policy around, how do we hold each other accountable? Evaluations and, and all of those things. Operations, you know, policy around our standard operating procedures of doing certain things. Policies around even customer service, our policy, you know, around anything that has to do with the way we make what we do or the way we serve what we do. And then uh, on the marketing side, policies around, you know, do we take returns? Do we not? Um, is there warranties or they're not, um, you know, uh, how, how, our branding and, you know, all of those things. So there's written policy and some companies have books and books of policies. Some have very little, some have too much, <laughs> right? The key is finding out proper balance. The reality though, is you cannot write a policy for everything. Would you guys agree? Yeah, that's right. So oftentimes though, Corporate policy seems to be disconnected from values. In other words, oftentimes there's either not an intentionality around making sure 
that are written guidelines is reflects or is consistent with what we articulated as our core set of beliefs or consistent with the things that we said are critical in shaping our culture. Or sometimes what happens is that we either don't make the connection or it's not even something that we think through when we're processing it. <laughs> it's making me think of our government. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is correct. That is, that is very right. <laughs> yeah, government is that way. So let's first ask the question, how should values impact corporate policy? Then let's start with you. Well, I think that our values should be evidenced in our policies and processes um, structure. You should be able to see that thread through how we walk out our daily activities. So if uh, we talked about the element of finance and how do we handle accounts receivable? Well, what does your core value say about how the importance of money or the importance of relationship within your organization? That should guide us in how we write that policy or that procedure so that we can see that there's a direct line from our core value to what that policy or procedure happens to be. Mm, Scott. Well, one important one that comes to mind as far as a policy is, you know, hiring and firing. I mean, that should be really tied to the values. If there's an employee who's out of alignment with the values of the company, that's grounds for there, there should be a separation of mm -hmm. the employee from this company, from this culture. And same thing when you're looking at hiring people, you know, filtering through the values, you know, how much do you line up with all of these values? And even employee reviews, you know, quarterly reviews with, a, with an employee and saying, okay, you know, on all these factors, you do really well. How do you line up with the values? You know, we have this stated value, you're living that one out great. And just going through each value and, you know, uh, so when it comes to hiring, firing, employee reviews, you know, that's an important part mm -hmm. of alignment to those values. So in a sense, um, Scott, you're kind of suggesting that there's this kind of list of values that when whether you're hiring or firing, that is, it becomes a grid to determining if this right. person is a fit or if they're no longer fit. Right. Now, but what about when management writes out the corporate policies? How much responsibility does management have in ensuring that in documenting the corporate guideline policy around, you know, behavior, whether it's taking leave or not taking leave, vacations, policy around use of company resources or lack of use of company resources, how much responsibility, how much should management care or be intentional about making sure that those kind of policies high to the values. Deborah. Well, I happen to believe that your values should infuse in all parts of your business. Mm. And so from um, not just, they're not a static statement, that they are a living document. And you see that in every aspect from interactions, uh, personal interactions between uh, management and, and staff or staff between staff, 
um, as well as how we uh, integrate those into our daily activities and procedures. How do we treat our vendors? How do we treat our customers? Um, what about the actions that we take? And I think that management has a tremendous responsibility to ensure that what they say is actually what's happening. Mm. If those two things are not in alignment with one another, then we've got a problem. And whether it is either the values aren't, aren't the right ones or our policies are, are not reflective of what we say we believe in. So, Deb, what I'm hearing you say, you, you almost got to take your stated values and really come through your policies and say, do they conflict somewhere? That's right. And when they do, what yields the values or the policy? I think you yield your policy to your values. That's right. So the policy always got to sub- be subjected to values. That's right. Because you said this was a combined set of belief. That's right. This was that which should shape our culture. This that was that which is the living, breathing essence of what we're trying to make a reality here. We're saying it's our character. It's saying our character. who we are. I love it. Yeah, I think, I mean, and who can bring up a policy seems to be out of alignment with who we are. Um, anyone, I think, you know, top to bottom. And not it's not just on managers. Managers are responsible to, um, you know, carry out, manage the process. Kind of administer um, but, the policy. Sure. But if an employee is saying, is you know, if a manager is saying, hey, the policy says on this leave request that you have that this can't happen or this this is how it works. And the employee says, wait a second, you know, that seems a little bit out of out of who character of who we are based on our core values. That employee has a very valid point and that should be um, discussed through through the chain. Mm-hmm. If you're going to truly allow your values to impact your corporate, your corporate policy, Employees ought to have the freedom, what I'm hearing from you, Scott, to be able to challenge corporate policy and question whether or not it's consistent or inconsistent with the values. Well, I'd recommend to that employee to be um, strategic in the way they do that. Obviously, (laughs) insubordination comes to mind. But what we're talking about is, you know, there maybe should be a policy for peanut policies. You know, (laughs) Uh, like if there's something that you want to challenge, you know, fill out a form, you know, whatever. And, you know, but I'm just saying that anyone in the organization should be empowered to say, okay, are we living in alignment to who we say we are? Because if it's important to the the leaders of the organization, you know, they would re- welcome that idea. Because uh, we talked last time about sometimes the leaders have a blind spot. That's right. Well, let's get a 360 view of this. So what, what are some of the causes? Why do you guys believe? I mean, this is so obvious to us, obviously, because we're writing this book and we, we teach this and we coach on this. But why do you guys believe that something this obvious to us it's not as obvious in, in execution. What causes often the disconnect between values and policy? Deb? Well, the first thing that comes to my mind, Patrice, is that, you know, most often core values are written as part of a strategic plan. Mm-hmm. It is a box that's got to be filled in before I get onto the real stuff, which is usually financials or marketing or something. And, and so those who have not been through a business building process don't understand the real value between those two things. Um, and so I think that for our listeners and those who are out there asking themselves that question, did I just fill in the box that I had something written in there? Do I really believe in these? Mm. Do our organization run by these? Mm. Are they represented in our policies and procedures? Is our culture built upon these? Mm. 
as a business owner, business leader, I have to believe our core values have importance and that they are critical to the overall, just as critical to my mission and vision as any other part of the business. I love it. Well, um, I think about the policymakers in, in the gov- in the U.S. government. You know, yeah. I mean, this is an example of what can happen our, our when you Congress. Yeah, when you when you get out of alignment with. Because last podcast we were talking about how inspirational, how amazing the forefathers were, and you know, designing the Constitution, the um, the uh, Declaration of Independence, and um, that's the the culture. But the policies have. Uh, in a lot of cases, have gotten so out of whack, mm. and then there's policies to correct policies. So there's an example of what can happen if you don't check this. It, it becomes about the policy, no longer about the organization or the people. Well, it, it, the policies have to be relevant, right? Mm. And if they're not mm. relevant, then they need to be either tossed or they need to be rewritten. You know, Deb, as you were sharing, here's a thought that came to mind. And you make a good point that we kind of write out these values as a part of a process that we just check in a box. But the other thought that came to mind is that we write out these values. Oftentimes, working on values are something that's done in the collective. That's best practice. Everybody knows that. That management doesn't get together. The owners don't get together and put these values together and then come back and say, hey guys, here it is. You know, every book, every consultant, every group would say, get your team together and work on it together. We all know that. But we don't do it with policies. Most cases, employees are victim, become victims of the policy and not shapers of policy. Mm-hmm. So there's often this, so we help to shape the values we should gonna make our culture, our character. But we don't contribute. We weren't invited to the policy setting meeting stuff. So as a result, the people that are shaping culture are not shaping policy. Or some of the people that are shaping culture are not part of the policy making process. So as a result, there is this obvious disconnect. Because when management get together to put together policy, oftentimes is to protect, not the employees, the firm. Am I right? I mean, oftentimes, I mean, I'm one part of management, and, you know, oftentimes is to protect and preserve. And maybe not thinking through all the implications N- of it. All the implications. Well, what if we approach policy making the same way we approach value descriptors and value setting where we engage everybody in the process as well. And then we say, guys, remember, these are our values. As we put together these policies, let's make sure they're consistent. It's almost like having the people put the rules together as to what rules they're going to live by. Now, I recognize that in some cases there's some education required or some uh, for now required in certain areas of expertise and technique. Like I'm not an HR person. David reminds me that all the time. <laughs> I'm, I'm the number one HR violator, you know, because I do that, which I feel is instinctively um, what I would think is essentially human and natural and 
spirit-led and based on our values, but it's not the way I do it. It may not always be in line with HR policies, best practice, or even the law. <laughs> Generally, we're protecting you, Patricia. <laughs> so if you're shape, if the Deborahs of the world are the ones shaping the HR policy, and the Patrices of the world are not part of the process, yeah, you, you follow me? That's uh, we can think about. That's often what happens. The HR people get together, put the HR policy together, right? But everybody else is not involved. Or the finance people put together finance policy; they're not involved. And they're like, no wonder nobody understands it. No wonder it doesn't connect. No wonder no one likes it. Well, it's what you're saying, Patrice, is really that ideally what you would have is a representative from each of these core areas, administration, operations, marketing, finance, that would be working in these various policy making. But often what really, I think in reality, what happens is, especially around, let's say the employee handbook, right? Um, an, an employee comes to- Which work- nobody ever reads. Well, and they all ask questions about what's found in it, what's right. found in it. Right. Um, so, but they come to work. The policies have already been set, right? That's true. And that, um, and we've all, whoever has already agreed upon these particular sets of rules and structures and protections, because. You know, I, I think policy protects our employees and it protects the firm as well. That's right. It protects. And it should. It should. It should protect our customer and vendor as well as the mm. company and organization. It should run that kind of middle ground um, between what we talked about yesterday, fairness and justice, right? right. It should run that middle ground. Yesterday at the staff meeting. At the staff meeting. <laughs> Sorry, I, I kind of dated us there, but at the yeah. staff meeting. But um, so when I come in, I have to already decide, is the culture, are the values right, and can I abide by these policies? That's a decision I get to make. I have that power as an as the incoming person to take a look at it and say, mm-hmm. does this speak for me? I, I always think of the first question you asked me. I was, I was an entrepreneur, ran my own business. Before that, I was leading a department of very many people. And you said to me, can you submit? And I thought, wow, I don't know. Can I? <laughs> that was a hard question. And, um, but I think it's, it's key. Can I submit to these rules and be able to live by them? Knowing that they, th- that people set them with the very best of intentions. That's right. And that you weren't part of setting them. That's right. Right. Yeah. Scott? Well, I forgot where, what question we were on. But, <laughs> <laughs> but one thing that came to mind as you guys were talking is, um, uh, another organization is a family, right? So uh, parents usually set the policies and the kids usually uh, are expected to follow them. Mm, but in some cases, you might ask your kid, you know, or in, in, as an analogy to your employee, you might ask that person, hey, this is what I think should happen. What are your thoughts on it? I mean, uh, the curfew, it could be negotiable. What, what do you think um, should happen if you don't come in at t- on time? What should be the consequence of that? And involving the, uh, the child or the employee, mm-hmm. um, whatever the case may be, Good. in the process of creating the policy can be very empowering and, and ultimately probably lead to a better result and a better adherence to that policy. Well, so, and sometimes... They come up with harsher policies. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh, well, that's, yeah, we'll go with that one. <laughs> I wasn't thinking yeah. to go that far, but hey, that's what you yeah. want. Yeah. All right. You know, we're talking here, we're saying, we're acting as if policies are bad, restrictive, <laughs> 
punitive. Mm -hmm. You know, policies can be a good thing. They can outline rewards. Mm -hmm. They can outline bonuses. They can outline all kinds of other things as well. They're not a, a hammer on people, but they can be also something that is a, a gift as well. Well said. Well said. Let's deal with this next point here because our time is running up here. This idea that policies and that you kind of touch on that a little bit, but policies can create a legalistic environment. Mm. So let's deal with that. How do you, because I believe that if your values are transformative, then, then it ought not to then inspire policies that create this legalistic environment. How do you prevent your policies from creating this legalistic environment? Wow. And I think that's really tough because in most cases, let's just go from, let's just say on a return policy, right? So someone doesn't like your product or your service or it broke, it didn't stand up and they're back after the, the warranty period. Um, you know, what do you do with that? And, you know, I've, for me personally, I've shared with you before is that my guideline is what's the right thing to do? Who is my customer? How long have they been with us? What's their experience been? Do Have I had similar problems with this product? Does this make sense? There's like this whole series of questions that I lead myself through. So again, I see policies as a structure that gives us guidelines to follow, but as individuals within the organization have demonstrated their ability to make um decisions that go beyond that guideline, that they've been given that authority and the accountability. They have to be accountable for their actions. Why did they do this? Mm. Um, and so that it makes sense. What's the right thing for the company? What's the right thing for the customer? Um, and, and sometimes that takes a little bit of time to develop. Mm. But when you're talking about things like vacation time or showing up on, you know, mm-hmm. you come to work at nine and you leave the office at five thirty and you take an hour lunch, you know, some of those things can seem to be restrictive. And especially in, in, um, a society where we're getting to be more, um, wanting more freedom, more freedom. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. And how does For that, the sake of freedom, <laughs> yes. And how does that affect the overall operation of the organization? You've got to figure that out. Mm. It's not easy. Mm. For the sake of entitlement, more like it. That's right. Well, there you go. Entitlement, that's a better word. Scott, how do you prevent policies from creating a legalistic environment? Well, what comes to mind for me is asking this question, what am I afraid of? So I'm, I, I was play, applying that to a marketing uh uh, objective. Let's say I'm putting together, um, you know, in the marketing department and I'm putting together an advertisement that um, I might feel like I want to embellish the product a little bit. Uh-huh. And really, what what am I afraid of if I just stay at what it is, mm. right? I'm afraid that what, yeah. <laughs> so when you ask that question, what am I afraid of? I think that when, when you're bumping against a policy or, or something that seems like there's a tension here. And if you ask that question, I think that will, that question will lead you to what it is that is, uh, it'll reveal what could be in, uh, uh, not out of alignment with your with your values. Mm-hmm. Like if your values are to be honest, and you're thinking I should embellish this, and mm-hmm. what am I afraid of? Will will 
flesh that out. And, you know, I think you can apply that to, you know, whatever department you're in. I love it. I love it. Well, guys, <laughs> time is up. I hate this. Our time is up. This was great discussion. But again, if you love this discussion, buy the book. When the book comes out, buy the book. But more important than that, take the class. I mean, could you imagine going through training this and then having actually people having to rewrite their policies based on their values and really look at the life-giving nature of values and how they can be transformative in how they put their policies together. Powerful. I mean, this could literally save a business, mm-hmm. right? It can bring new life into an enterprise. I love it. Well, let's takeaways. So let's start with you, Scott. What's your takeaway here? Well, I, I really liked what Deborah said. I mean, there's, you know, we always focus on when it's a, um, a problem, right? The policy is creating a problem. But, you know, Deborah highlighted that uh, policies are there to protect both the firm and mm-hmm. the employees. There's yeah. a lot of good things about policies. And, you know, sometimes we forget that. That is true. As humans, we don't like rules, <laughs> right. even when they're good for us. <laughs> Damn. You know, this is such a, a, a rich, deep topic. And I, I think the takeaway for me is that it isn't a simple and easy task to go through, but you really taking a look at the policies that we have, how relevant are they? Mm. Um, how do they, re, do they reflect our core values? Mm. Do they enhance our business? Do they enhance, do they glorify God? I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, if you didn't learn anything on this particular episode, you have a hole in your soul, I tell you. <laughs> if you want uh, to learn more, if you want to get us to help you, whatever you're going through right now, or if you just want to get more resources, visit our website, kbckeys.com. And, of course, remember that there's a whole book coming out on this. There's a whole class coming out on this, so you don't have to go out it alone. But you can plug in and be part of that journey with us. Here's our prayer for you. May God give you the grace and favor to build a transformational company that impacts people, planet, profit, and eternity. Thanks for listening today. To find out more and to discover some great resources, go to KingdomBizCoaching.com. That's kingdombiz, B-I-Z, coaching.com. Contact us. Our email address is info at kingdombizcoaching.com. And now, may God bless your business today.